डेवलपमेंट्स हुए भी है अभी कल सुनने में आया कि हिस्सा स्ट्रीट के जो ट्रैफिक यू नो न्यूसेंस होता था वो सॉल्व हो जाएगा बिकॉज एंट्री एग्जिट पॉइंट जो है ना उस पर शायद एक्सटेंशन हो रहे हैं विवेक परेशानियां आती ही जाने के लिए क्या बात है वो सालों से चल रहे हैं 12 साल से देख रहा हूँ मैं हिस्सा स्ट्रीट 12 साल दो हजार नौ से जब से मैं और हिस्सा स्ट्रीट बढ़ते क्या है पहले तो स्पोर्ट सिटी तक था अब तो वो रीमराम तक आ गया है जी देखिए और वो ट्रैफिक वहां से स्टार्ट हो रहा है और वो वहाँ पहुंचकर अब जो है वो हल निकलेगा लेकिन जाहिर हमें प्रिपेयर रहना चाहिए और प्रिपेयर करना चाहिए जो हमारी आने वाली पौध है आने वाली जेनरेशन है और वो एक अच्छी यूनिवर्सिटी के साथ बहुत अच्छे से हो सकता है बड़ी आसानी से हो सकता है पेरेंट्स की हेडिक जो है वो फैकल्टी या टीचर्स या प्रोफेसर वो ले लेते हैं और इस वक्त वलगोंग यूनिवर्सिटी से हमारे साथ पूरी उनकी टीम आई हुई है उनकी टेक्निकल टीम एंड ऑफकोर्स उनकी जो पूरा एक सिलसिला है ये बताने के लिए कि वाई वलोंगोंग यूनिवर्सिटी किस तरह वो स्टूडेंट्स को प्रिपेयर करते हैं एंड दे आर ब्रेस्ट विद द टेक्नोलॉजी द डिमांड्स और अभी हमने थोड़ी देर पहले आपसे स्टोरी भी शेयर की थी कि आज के स्टूडेंट्स कितने स्मार्ट हो चुके हैं कितने सियाने अब वो सुपर स्मार्ट होंगे विद वलोंगोंग यूनिवर्सिटी सो हमारे साथ प्रोफेसर पयजी जयश्री डीन फैकल्टी ऑफ बिजनेस यूनिवर्सिटी ऑफ वलोंगोंग इन दुबई उनसे हम बात करेंगे कुछ ही पल में बीबीसी मिनट भी आपको सुनाएंगे एंड आपको अगर कुछ पूछना है तो आप हमें व्हाट्सएप कर सकते हैं Safely, of course, zero five eight six eight six one double zero three. You can call us as well, of course. They'll be more than happy to uh, answer your questions on eight double zero eight one double zero three. थोड़ा सा आपको idea दे दें कि क्या आज हमारा topic of discussion रहेगा. How can we upskill the next generation of business leaders for the future of work? Now, since you mentioned about upskill, you know we got a message that our salary demand university student के सुन के ये बेहोश हो गए. ये कह रहे हैं कि मैं तीन साल से एक fill भी नहीं बढ़ा है. So what oh, is required? Oh, oh. You need to upskill yourself. That is the need right जी. now. So you have to do it. Bin mangi, aapko sawal ka jawab mila and zaire wo chalta hi rehta hai. Hame lagta hai ki ham jaise zindagi badh rahi hai, ham waisi skilled ho rahe hain. Lekin nahi. Oh, cheese karte rahoge to utna hi milega. Aji, itne mein to itna hi milega. Exactly. Extra karna padega, bhai. Utho, kudo. Or kariye wo ya karvaiye with University of Wollongong, Dubai. Discuss karenge how they are developing its business students with skills such as artificial. इंटेलिजेंस मेटावर्स एंड मोर टू प्रिपेयर दैम फॉर द फ्यूचर बिजनेस लैंडस्केप राइट इन द हार्ट ऑफ यू दैट इज दुबई लुकिंग फॉरवर्ड टू दे लवली कंपनी राइट आफ्टर बीबीसी मिनट टॉक वन हंड्रेड पॉइंट More and Jamie with the BBC Minute. Another clip has been released from the Cristiano Ronaldo interview on Talk TV, which will be shown in full in the UK this week. In it, he says United's owners do not care about the club. United will find it hard to compete near the top in the next two to three years. They're a marketing club whose owners do not care about sports. He also alleges that the board did not believe him when he told them he had to miss a pre-season tour because his newborn daughter was ill. America's NBA has been sued by three long-term referees who say the basketball league fired them. This year, after they refused to be vaccinated against COVID over religious objections, the NBA is yet to comment. We're seeing reports that Amazon is going to cut a load of jobs. It's thought 10,000 positions could go. And Jamie, this is cool. Wild chimpanzees show each other objects they find interesting just for the sake of it, which is a social behavior previously thought to be unique to humans. Scientists believe some wild animals also use gestures to comment on the world. <laughs> Waking you up to the UAE's conversation. Talk breakfast with Vivek Sunil. 
and Sobia Khan on Talk 100.3. University में तो हम हैं नहीं लेकिन कहते हैं कि जिंदगी एक यूनिवर्सिटी है और जो आने वाले लोग हैं उनको इस यूनिवर्सिटी का हिस्सा बनना है स्मार्ट होना है अच्छे फैसले लेना है अच्छा काम करना है इसके लिए एक बड़ी अच्छी बेसिक या जिसे हम अच्छी फाउंडेशन कहते हैं वो जरूरी है वो आपको घर से तो मिलती है लेकिन उसको पॉलिशिंग मिलती है इन अ गुड यूनिवर्सिटी एंड इसी के ऊपर अब हम बात करेंगे सो प्रोफेसर जयश्री हमारे साथ डीन फैकल्टी ऑफ बिजनेस यूनिवर्सिटी ऑफ वॉलोंगोंग इन दुबई Uh, good morning, Professor Jayshree, and a pleasure to have you in our studios. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yes, indeed. Uh, looking forward to this, uh, you know, continuation for weeks after weeks with University of Wollongong, uh, Dubai. We just gave an idea uh, to our listeners that what topic we'll be discussing today. But first things first, uh, uh, Professor uh, Jaya, why is a university degree in business program important in today's digitized world, which is transforming the future of work? that's a, that's a really significant question um as we all know businesses are disrupted by technology in in a big way and the pace of change is really accelerated um what this essentially means is uh, it is even more important to develop the specialized skills that is necessary to survive and thrive in this new digitized economy um and uh, when we look at the data around us ai and uh, Uh, uh metaverse and blockchain and mm. fintech yeah. and uh, you know uh, the whole world of analytics is is all around us so it is extremely important for everyone to really especially uh, students who want to build a career uh, to think about how can we and you said it a little while earlier how can we upskill ourselves but more importantly how do we develop the kind of holistic mindset in order to be able to succeed see because because it's not really about learning all the technology it is how do you leverage this technology in ways that adds value to the business right, right. and that is why um, you know it is extremely important for for young students and for for uh, for the ones who are uh, post grads we get uh, students who are coming in to reskill themselves to learn uh, the nuances of business because generic skills will only take you this far mm. right so when we look at the data you might have seen it uh, i think uh, very recently uh, 17th november we saw on the national news that uh, the areas that are sh- seeing a significant rise in salary is for example the finance sector yeah mm. we also saw uh, um, accounting and hr also i think uh, the finance sector was about 5% increase in salaries uh, the accounting and hr sector about 2 to 2.5% mm. uh, there is a lot of uh, lot of interest now with with businesses opening up with a lot of investments coming in the investment uh, portfolios are becoming more and more important um, what does all of this mean that we really need to start looking at ways in which we can develop the specialized knowledge mm. that helps our careers in ways that are more continuous right so i would think technology is the start it is really how do you leverage that technology to create business value and more importantly how do you create the organizational architecture right how do you change the culture for this digitized era how do you develop human capabilities for this digitized era right wow. so the strategic alignment issues uh, the the so called benchmark leadership practices that is wow. necessary to transform your organizations become even more important so essentially i would think business education is is becoming significant in today's world professor jaya thank you for the class 
I just felt that I'm learning something and uh, very excited. I can imagine how students must be so looking forward to uh, getting into the workforce uh, with the, the right diploma, the right degree from the right university. Absolutely. So talk about the business degrees, uh, you know, at undergraduate or postgraduate levels, they are they are evolving right to cope up with these disruptive changes in business context oh absolutely they have to right and uh, uh, we are we are increasingly looking at how do we uh, uh, really start reviewing our programs to see how, how do we prepare a new generation of business leaders uh, so, for example, when we look at marketing, it's really about digital marketing now. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of emphasis on providing so-called opportunities for our students to develop, uh, you know, digital marketing skills, uh, uh, social media marketing. Um, content uh, marketing. Yes, content marketing. In fact, you know, it is it is becoming, I was recently reading, uh, uh, you know, some... Uh, data um, uh, from LinkedIn Jobs on the Rice Report, yeah? Mm. And you, you hit it on the head when you said that it is content marketing that's becoming so important. Now, that would require skills in uh, digital marketing, in SEM, right? So, um, the other jobs that I saw on that report was uh, 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 I think it was business analytics, right? Mm. Again, uh, data analytics for business. How do you develop the capabilities? Now, there is a lot of data out there, information as well as misinformation. You have to be wise enough Absolutely. to identify. To talk, right? I mean, tell us about that. We are the one right? at the receiving end because, you know, our industry needs news and exactly. you have to swift what's uh, exactly. right and what's not. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So uh, when we look at technology, a lot of the routine jobs can be automated, right? Which becomes even, which makes it even more significant to develop the kind of specialized skills, as we said early, right? So business analytics capability, we have both an undergraduate degree in business analytics and a master's degree in business analytics, which also comes with a SAS certification, which essentially is enabling students to understand how do we analyze for business value, the descriptive, prescriptive, and predictive analytics that is necessary for students to know, right, to, to leverage the sure. kind of value. So it's not about data crunching, which can be automated. It's really about developing this, these unique capabilities. Finance, you might have seen that, you know, the entire Web3 suite of technologies, finance has been, the finance industry has been the, you know, fastest adopters, essentially means we are looking at introducing fintech which mm. is becoming a, a very very important area for students to know and for for their continued employability hr it's all about hr analytics now mm. so hr has evolved substantively to incorporate mm. and again how do you attract and retain the right kind of talent right this is a big big challenge that many organizations are now facing particularly when uh, people want flexible work and more and more people are interested in having that kind of flexibility, which works wonderfully. I mean, you know, you, you can uh, have those anytime, anyway models, but that also means it has implications for a new HR model as to how do you attract and retain the right talent. But there's always right? pros and cons. Oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Supply chain industry, again, we are looking at uh, you know uh, uh, the digitized supply chain, supply chain analytics, the digitization of the supply chain industry, right? Uh, and across all the business programs, therefore, this intersections with technology is becoming increasingly important. But at the same time, I think uh, universities are, are not only about skills and employability; it is also shifting the attitudes of, of individuals. Right? You know, a little uh, while earlier, we got a message where one of our listeners said that you know it's been three years and he hasn't 
got an increment, not even a single fill, and students in this age studying in universities are expecting a salary of eighteen to twenty thousand. Right. There was a survey that happened. Yes. So continuous upskilling is absolutely important. And what do you think the universities are doing so that you know we get these opportunities? And are they doing anything? You know, again, a very very significant question. Now, one of the things that we all realize now is that learning has become democratized, <laughs> which is wonderful, right? Yeah. All you need is a mobile phone and you can access <laughs> content, which is free. I mean, go to a Coursera and you can get uh, something a that you can, right? Free, right? And good, good content, right? Um, and universities are not too far behind. Universities have to make sure that students not only have got, and, and here is where the T-shaped learner comes into effect, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of employers, they look at, they look at uh, graduates with the depth in certain core areas, as you talked about, the specialized knowledge. But at the same time, it is imperative today to develop the breadth of knowledge. And here is where a new culture of micro-credentials is coming, the continuous learning, you know, the stackable degrees that you can have Correct. and exchange it for credits. And at the same time, uh, so we, we look for uh, embedding micro-credentials across our programs. Uh, students also have the opportunities for, uh, uh, you know, leaning into minors. So supposing you're doing something in finance, for example, you would benefit substantively by doing a minor in business analytics. If you're doing something in, uh, you know, marketing, mm. you would you would definitely, uh, you know, particularly your fields would benefit from doing a minor in media. Maybe you don't want to do an entire program, right? Fantastic. Okay. So, so those kind of opportunities, the minors, mm. the concentrations in these specialized, evolving, emerging areas, which is in some way dynamic, it is continuously evolving. So you're getting the depth, but at the same time, students have the opportunity to start engaging with these, you know, variant uh, uh, areas according to their interests. And that's also important uh, for, for anybody that one does not have to get overwhelmed with all of the changes that's happening. Mm -hmm. It's extremely important for uh, students and for graduates to know what is it that they're passionate about and do that really well. But this is my question to you, Professor Jay, and your faculty. Uh, for students, it's all sorted. They can upskill themselves. They can go for further learning. But uh, we are living in the world of change is the uh, only thing constant and rapid changes. So how does the faculty prepare themselves uh, with these disruptive changes, the educators, how they keep themselves abreast with the technology and keeping a balance so they also know uh, what is uh, heading or what they are heading for and prepare the students likewise? An excellent question. Uh, undoubtedly, uh, we must be uh, definitely, you know, having the kind of intellectual acumen, the emotional acumen to take the graduates to the next level, right? So it is not only about programs that are continuously evolving. The academics have to start looking at areas that they're specializing in as to continuously upskilling themselves, right? So universities such as ours, the UWD Faculty of Business is AACSB accredited, which is one of the, you know, valued accreditations and the way we get these, besides being accredited by the Ministry of Education and, and, and one of the criteria for continued uh, uh, accreditation is to demonstrate evidence of practice impact and scholarly impact. Mm. So, uh, you know, for example, we cannot hire colleagues who do not have a PhD from one of the top institutions in the world. That itself. So, you know, the, at the right stage of entry, we have got some of the best and the brightest in our teams. And uh, at the same time, uh, there is uh, a lot of emphasis that is given on research impact. So continuously, mm -hmm. how are you engaging 
how are you you know becoming uh, a very dominant voice in the discourses surrounding these uh, changes these disruptive changes so it, the, you're not only the recipient of change you're creating new change you're creating new knowledge right at the same time we are a business school business schools cannot survive without active active engagement with industry so we have a model of co-opting with industry colleagues and uh, for example in our MBA uh, where we get students with experience, right? It's it's fantastic to sit in an MBA class uh, surrounded by 40 to 45 adults who are who are keen to learn, and we bring in our academic partner, our our, our uh, you know industry colleagues as as partners to share the learning. So, okay. uh, so and that that really adds value. There is the a lot of experience. yes, yes, right? Because uh, universities do not have all the answers and and uh, you know industry colleagues have a lot of the answers as well so the co-opting technique is is fundamental to business schools right so i think that's where we really create value f for the students um, and and uh, at the same time we also go for professional certifications for all our programs so mm. nhr program would come with a cipd certification which is what employers need right so that intersection with employers uh, our supply chain and logistics program it comes with a sips accreditation uh, so so accounting and finance program so there is there is a lot of emphasis that is given on practice and academics are Definitely, I think their currency is to remain up to date with what are some of the, you know, latest developments in the research. There's a lot of emphasis that's given. And that's what differentiates us, I think, as an institution, that we really value academics seriously and the academic standards. And it is one of the reasons I think we've been here for more than almost 30 years now. And Indeed. And you've yeah. been there for 15 years now. I have been there for Fantastic. almost Fantastic. Very, very years. impressive. And of course, the team from University of Wollongong, Dubai. If you have any <laughs> questions, please don't shy. Uh, do get involved. We love that. On 0586861003. WhatsApp number. You can call us as well. It's a toll-free number. 8008-1003. A quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Roy Kumar. If you're looking to lose weight in fast, effective and safe way, you can trust my 16 years of experience in performing weight loss surgeries. I also treat breast-related disorder, varicose veins, hernia, gallbladder stones, hemorrhoids, anal fissure, and fistulas. I believe in a simple philosophy that no matter at what point of time in life or career you are, you should always strive to learn more and achieve more. Call me on 055-196-5678. The ICAI Divide Chapter, the largest overseas chapter of ICAI, will host its 40th annual International Conference 2022 in Dubai with the theme Connect to Impact, Lead, Innovate, Inspire on 27th November at Grand Hayat Exhibition and Conference Center Al Garud from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Focused on sustainable development to enhance growth and create path-breaking impact, the best will gather under one roof to connect and learn innovation and talk of winning leadership approaches to inspire each other for a lasting impact. Supported by Saudi German Health, Pan Emirates, AGMC, Tally, IFCO, Lulu, WMS, CloudSook, ECAG, UHY James, Vested Finance, Crypto, Century Financial, Aktia, Kalich Times, Delhi Private School, Bank of Baroda. For sponsorship inquiries, email on secretary at icaidubai.org. Radio partner, Top 100.3. Talk 100.3 Sport In football
In the aftermath of Manchester United's thrilling 2-1 injury time victory at Fulham on Sunday, Eric Ten Hag allowed himself to reflect on the developments at Old Trafford since he became manager in the summer. In excerpts of the interview released on Sunday, Ronaldo said he feels betrayed by the club, does not respect manager Ten Hag and is being forced out. The interview will be shown on TV over two nights on Wednesday and Thursday. In a sense though, for Manchester United, there is no decision to make. After Ronaldo refused to go onto the pitch as a late substitute during the victory over Tottenham on 19th October, behind the scenes, United made it absolutely clear they backed Ten Hag to deal with the situation. He promptly stood Ronaldo down for the following weekend's game at Chelsea. In tennis, Switzerland won the Billie Jean King Cup for the first time when Olympic champion Belinda Bencic clinched their victory over Australia in Glasgow. The Swiss were beaten by Russia in last year's final and having also finished runners-up in 1998, finally won the annual women's team competition. Swiss number 2 Jill Teichmann beat Storm Sanders 6-3-4-6-6-3 to put them ahead in the best-of-three tie. In-form Bencic secured the triumph with a 6-2-6-1 win over Aya Tomlanovic. In Formula 1, Max Verstappen said he had reasons why he refused team orders to give up his place to Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez in the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. The world champion said he was reacting to something that happened in the past. He refused to elaborate. Verstappen's refusal led to an icy atmosphere between the men, with Perez saying over the team radio, it shows who he really is. Speaking to the media, the Mexican said the incident was disappointing. Perez had earlier allowed Verstappen to pass him at the start of a final 10-lap sprint to the flag following a late safety car period so the world champion could try to gain further positions. Verstappen was told going into the last lap that if he did not pass Fernando Alonso's Alpine before the final corner, he should let Perez back pass before the flag. But he kept accelerating, crossing the line point four seconds behind Alonso and four seconds ahead of Perez. His actions deprive Perez of two points as he seeks to beat Ferrari's Charles Leclerc to second place in the championship which Verstappen won three races ago. In cricket, in a significant trade, Kolkata Knight Riders have acquired India all-rounder Shardul Thakur from Delhi Capitals. The trade, which learned was finalised on Monday, is an all-cash deal but also involves Capitals getting uncapped Mumbai all-rounder Aman Khan, who Knight Riders had bought at last year's auction for 20 lakh Indian rupees. Thakur, who is currently in New Zealand as part of India's ODI squad, was bought by Capitals at 2022 IPL Mega Auction for 10.75 crore rupees. With Indian bowling all-rounders being a prized commodity, Thakur's former IPL team Chennai Super Kings, along with Gujarat Titan and Punjab Kings, too had attempted to buy him back, but Capitals did not retreat. And that's all from the Sports Desk on Talk 100.3. This is Talk 100.3. And we will go to penalties. And he's done it! Heard of a fan zone that rewards you every time you go there? Yes, at the ISD World Cup Fan Zone, everyone is a winner. Oh, how about that? Just pay 75 dirhams and get 100 dirham voucher, fully redeemable on a wide offering of international F&B options. And in the heart. Get ready for a fun-filled family day out with great music by renowned DJs and bands, a kids' entertainment area with bouncy castles, and three high-definition 4K mega screens to watch all the football action. Simply sensational, and it might be enough to take them through. Tickets can be purchased on isdfanzone.com. Unbeatable atmosphere for an unmissable event at the heart of Dubai Sports City. Dennis Cherishev, oh Big by Talk 100.3.
Waking you up to the UAE's conversation. Talk breakfast with Vivek Sunil and Sobia Khan on Talk 100.3. Continuing with Talk Breakfast, this is actually right now class of 2022 with Professor Jaya from University of Wollongong, Dubai. Yes, it's like every Tuesday. Aapke liye jari rahega. And saath hi saath hum jo changes ki baat kar rahe the aur usi ke liye Professor Jaya, everybody is getting prepared. But one of the biggest changes we saw because of COVID was the technology coming in when it comes to learning. And uh, tell us, where is this taking us? And uh, what's in store keeping uh, or, you know, revolving around this technology, making the most of it? So um, definitely, I think technology has also come into our universities in a big way. And COVID, post-COVID accelerated that change, right? So right at the peak of COVID, I, I had a, a, a really one, you know, some of the significant experiences that you have that creates a wow. It, it makes you think, right? So I, I was teaching this MBA class and uh, we were going, we had gone fully online. This was at the peak of the COVID year. And I had this young mother joining in online and her, her baby was, I think, 10 to 15 days oh. old, right? <laughs> and that, that really hits you because you're, you're seeing that here is, a, here is a young, you know, a woman who wants to... Uh, you know, do her MBA, who wants to build her career, but she does not have to uh, step back and take a break. She can through online uh, leave technology. her baby behind. Uh, yeah. yeah, she does not have to do that, right? Yeah. So she can make those kind of cha- cho- choices, which which is in alignment with her need for flexibility and her need for privacy. And and that for me was a big big moment because, uh, you know, we are we are trying to create environments uh, where where we can provide inclusive education, right? Everybody can access education. So, I think <clears throat> online education in some ways uh, did provide that opportunity for people who otherwise would have to essentially take a step back, right? Having said that. Uh, we as an institution, we have a model of hybrid uh, uh, learning, blended learning. Okay. And uh, what that means is we are now trying to look at what are the combination of synchronous and asynchronous learning experiences that really enables deeper learning, deep learning. It's not It's not just about, you know, online engagement, right? It is really about identifying what are the learning outcomes that you want to achieve and how do you design uh, learning experiences for students in the synchronous and asynchronous modes, right? And uh, that's where I think uh, it differentiates because, see, at the end of the day, what differentiates a sound graduate is uh, determined by the quality of the academic conversations that happened in those online and offline spaces, right? Yes. It's so important. So uh, we place a lot of emphasis on taking a very structured, methodical view so that the students get uh, the kind of learning experiences that enables them to ask the right questions, that enables them to develop the light, uh, critical thinking, right? So I would I would probably not say fully online because also when we are in the classroom uh, in immersive modes, a lot of our programs, as I said, is embedded in industry. A lot of our assessments require students to actually go to industry and, you know, work on those live problems or industry brings the live problems to us and our students work on it. So the kind of discussions that happen the kind of experiential activities that happen in classroom, that also creates opportunities for students to learn from each other, peer-to-peer learning, which is so important. It's not only from the academic... Group study, I remember. It's so important. Right, (laughs) right. It's so... uh, People learn a lot from each other. So those kind of experiences are what we need to build in classrooms. And we we place a lot of emphasis on creating the kind of uh, 
student experiences and learning experiences that takes them to the next level of thinking and as I said creating new knowledge and, and uh, you know the criticality and the problem solving so both uh, I would think a, a blended learning a hybrid mode uh, where there is a, a good sound uh, you know combination of synchronous and asynchronous to achieve the learning outcomes that, and professor jay if you yeah. remember in our times there used to be uh, some distant learning programs and they were very limited subjects but now after the technology uh, you know creeping into our life the world of uh, you know earning or getting education has changed forever absolutely so it, i think it it can go hand in hand absolutely and absolutely bring in opportunities yes but um, you started uh, when we spoke about technology with the mother uh, and uh, you know uh, recently having a baby so f that way for ladies it has made it easier but then there is also gender equality uh, because why i'm asking you we covered a story some time back that uh, after a survey we learned that uh, uh, the female uh, employees are demanding more salary uh, after uh, COVID and uh, that's what we saw. <laughs> but coming back to True. the professional world, uh, is there gender equality is a thing? Is there, uh, you know, in some places it has nothing to do with that? It's what your qualification is. How do you see that? See, it's it's such a such a significant discussion point. We could probably have an entire right, uh, yeah talk on this. Um, see, when we look at UAE, let's let's look at UAE as a nation. I think uh, uh, I was looking at the gender gap report for 2022, and UAE has climbed, uh, you know, almost uh, six places in one, in just mm -hmm. one year. And that's because of the kind of emphasis that have placed in getting women into the legislative spaces, right? And uh, uh, UAE has crossed almost, I think it has, it has closed almost 75% of the gender gap. There is a lot of visible role modeling Indeed. which sends the right messages that, yes. you know, education is something that you need to invest in, right? Now, uh, but at the same time, you know, you talked about the disparity in pay, and that's such a significant, significant discourse in the in the gender uh, discussions. Um, and and when we look at some of these disruptive technologies, um, uh, you know, there is data to show that when we look at uh, AI, when we look at uh, cybersecurity, when we look at engineering, when we look at uh, analytics, data analytics, these are the spaces where uh, you know the then the percentage of women is not very high, right? Mm. So there is there is a definite need for institutions such as higher education institutions, for example, to provide the opportunities to ensure that both men and women get access to the kind of education to develop these disruptive skills. Because the 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 jobs with these disruptive skills are also the ones that are paid more. Mm. So imagine if there is consistent disparity there where there aren't too many women in these disruptive roles over a period of time we are undoing all the efforts that we have been making to reach gender parity right mm -hmm. so there is a lot of a lot of uh, i think uh, there is it's extremely important for organizations to try and look at their workforce to try and see whether you know you are enabling women to uh, to reskill themselves, whether there is uh, emphasis placed on redeployment to roles that that requires these skills, right? But at the same time, organization, academic institutions such as ours, we have a 50% split. In fact, we find our men and women in classrooms are almost equal, whether sure. it's an MBA or yes, it's 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 fantastic to see and and the kind of uh, you know efforts that women make. They 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 usually come in after leaving their children at home. The care duties are still there, which is 
essentially means that when they come into classroom for them, that's valuable time. But right? Professor Jaya, you are from 15 years ago, University of Wollongong, Dubai, so you have seen that change. Yes, of I mean, especially uh, in the last decade, we have almost all classes, mein, uh, there, is, there is definitely, you know, particularly post-grad, we have seen evening in post-grad, our classes are evening. Mein hote and evening me i see uh, men and women they stay from 6 to 10 they are serious mm-hmm. about their education right ek ek hamara ek program hai masters in innovation entrepreneurship and and as part of this program humne um, uh, you know we have collaborated with uh, mohammed bin rashid innovation fund uh, and as part of that you know students get the opportunity to to interact with innovators and to be part of incubators etc aur aur us program mein hamari ek female emirati uh, uh, student, student uh unko uh, government ne abhi 500000 ka uh, uh, seed funding diya hai wow. for 500000 dirhams uh, seed funding to start her own entrepreneurial uh, business right Brilliant. and and we see we see across all our uh, programs women excel right but at the same time as we said it becomes imperative for academic institutions such as ours to provide a level playing field for men and women to be able to succeed, to be able to develop the right skills. But responsibility is not Responsibility organizations ki bhi hai. organizations. organizational culture mein, there is inclusivity, there is diversity, there is opportunities for women to be reskilled, to be redeployed. Right? And Dubai government, if you look at the federal government, 50% uh, to aap ministers jo hai wo females absolutely so they are leading from the front anyways right. absolutely bahut bada message hai wo jab government you know visibly uh, when they create these role models and efforts then then it goes down right to all the institutions and you is known leading with the example wow the time is over professor jaya ye class hum continue karenge but quickly agar thode bahut values uh, ya attributes you know for a business graduate taki aaj ki duniya mein wo succeed kar sake if you could ji ji uh, so, uh, absolutely, like you said, right from the functional skills, I think expertise is necessary in universities mein to develop the expertise, but at the same time, aapke empathy is necessary, right? How do you create customer value? Are you a good listener? Do you understand customer value, right? And you said something earlier, कि authenticity बहुत जरूरी है, right? कि original है ना authenticity बहुत जरूरी है because that is what builds the human connections. It's as I said, it's not about technology. Are you creating value for the end user using the technology? But in order for you to be able to create value, you need to be able to understand the customer from in a context specific way, right? Because you want to create an emotional value proposition. That human touch. Absolutely, बहुत जरूरी है. I think that's fundamental, right? Mm-hmm. Those liye, empathy, listening, communication abilities, stakeholder management, mm-hmm. because it's not ambiguity. It's not ambiguity. We have to build on each other's capabilities. We have to build trust. And trust also develops based on competence. When we have to you know your job, right? Mm-hmm. But trust is two elements. Ki, are you the real you, right? Mm. Do you are you authentic enough? And the third is empathy. Do you when I look at you, do I feel that you're making the decisions that add value to me? Mm. Right? So uh, I think the emotional intelligence, the emotional component is absolutely necessary. Judgment, problem solving, uh, analytical skills, yeah, to hum 
कहते ही हैं बट द इमोशनल वैल्यू प्रोपोजिशन और उसके लिए आई थिंक यू हैव टू डू अलॉट ऑफ वर्क ऑन योर सेल्फ टू बी एबल टू डिवेलप वेल इफ यू हैव प्रोफेसर लाइक यू विद सच एन और सो मैजिकल प्रोफेसर जयश्री सच अ प्लेजर टू हैव यू हियर विद अस एंड आई एम श्योर दो स्टूडेंट्स आर ब्लेस्ड हु आर अंडर योर शेड मोर पावर टू यूनिवर्सिटी ऑफ वोलोंगोंग दुबई एंड ऑफकोर्स एवरी ट्यूजडे ये सिलसिला कंटिन्यू रहेगा थैंक यू सो मच फॉर कमिंग डाउन थैंक यू बहुत बहुत शुक्रिया थैंक यू सो मच प्लेजर टू बी This is Talk 100.3. More and Jamie with the BBC Minute. Another clip has been released from the Cristiano Ronaldo interview on Talk TV, which will be shown in full in the UK this week. In it, he says United's owners do not care about the club. United will find it hard to compete near the top in the next two to three years. They're a marketing club whose owners do not care about sports. He also alleges that the board did not believe him when he told them he had to miss a preseason tour because his newborn daughter was ill. America's NBA has been sued by three long-term. referees who say the basketball league fired them this year after they refused to be vaccinated against covid over religious objections the nba is yet to comment we're seeing reports that amazon is going to cut a load of jobs it's thought 10000 positions could go and jamie this is cool wild chimpanzees show each other objects they find interesting just for the sake of it which is a social behavior previously thought to be unique to humans scientists believe some wild animals also use gestures to comment on the world <laughs> Waking you up to the UAE's conversation. This is Talk Breakfast with Vivek Sunil and Sobia Khan on Talk 100.3. Brought to you by Dr. Rohit Kumar, a well-known surgeon from International Modern Hospital. Into the third hour of Talk Breakfast on Talk 100.3. A very good morning. बहुत शुक्रिया हमारे साथ जुड़ने के लिए और बिल्कुल यूनिवर्सिटी लाइफ जो है वो बहुत सारे लोगों की ताज़ा हो गई होगी. लेकिन तब से लेके अब तक चेंज आया है. लेकिन अच्छे टीचर्स आज भी अच्छे टीचर्स ही होते हैं. Absolutely. और आपको अगर लाइफ नहीं अच्छा टीचर बन रहा है तो आप जाइए डॉक्टर रोहित कुमार के पास. वो आपको सिखा देंगे how to lose weight in a fast, effective and safe way. जी बिल्कुल. लेकिन क्या किस तरह थोड़ा सा तो बताइए डॉक्टर रोहित के साथ रहने आपको कुछ तो आ गया होगा इंट्रोड्यूसिंग द गैस्ट्रिक बलून इट हेल्प यू फील फुलर इट हेल्प यू रिड्यूस वेट नॉन सर्जिकल प्रोसीजर है को एंडोस्कोपी को एनसीसी की जरूरत नहीं है फॉलो अवर डेडिकेटेड एप स्केल हेल्थ ट्रैकर गैस्ट्रिक बलून योर सेफ वे टू वेट लॉस कंसल्ट कीजिए डॉक्टर रोहित कुमार को 0551965678 ये बस कर सोनिया बस कर अच्छा सोनिया हो गए This is Talk Breakfast with Vivek Sunil and Sobia Khan on Talk 100.3. वो लोग जिनके जहन पे हमेशा ही सवार रहते हैं कि कल से बस मैं जिम जाऊंगा कल से बस सब शुरू हो जाएगा सब कुछ रुक जाएगा उनके लिए तो ये बहुत ज्यादा फिर ओवरवेलमिंग रहता है हर वक्त वो खुद भी सोचते रहते हैं लोग भी उनको मजबूर करते रहते हैं और यहां हम भी उन्हें बताते रहते हैं कि बलून बलून को काटता है और लेकिन जरूरी है क्योंकि कल वर्ल्ड डायबिटीज डे था और बार बार हमारे साथ इंटरनेशनल मॉडर्न हॉस्पिटल से डॉक्टर दीपक जुड़े थे उन्होंने कहा कि ओबेसिटी सारी बीमारियों को ऐसे अपनी तरफ खींचती है कि मतलब मोटापा जो है वो चुंबक बन जाता है जो भी बीमारी साथ नजर आए उसको अपना लेते हैं तो बहुत जरूरी है थर्टी डेज का चैलेंज भी चल रहा है मिनिमम थर्टी मिनट्स भी अगर आप करें इफ यू स्वेट दैट्स ऑल अबाउट इट फॉर हेल्दी लाइफ लॉन्ग लाइफ लवली लाइफ यू नो स्वेट की बात की तो बहुत अच्छा दो लाइन जो है ना एक कहावत है याद आ रहा है मुझे अच्छा प्लीज भी पानी से नहाते हैं ना वो लिबास बदलते हैं जो पानी से नहाते हैं वो लिबास बदलते हैं लेकिन जो पसीने से नहाते हैं वो इतिहास बदलते ठंडे ठंडे पानी से नहाना चाहिए
Crypto prices are mixed today as the industry still deals with the aftershocks of FTX going under. As, as of noon Eastern, Bitcoin traded around $16,400, barely moving from the prior 24 hours. Ether, meanwhile, rose by half a percent to around $1,200, and Solana continued to trade down at $13.5. Citing data from CryptoQuant, Bloomberg reporting that the demise of FTX has sparked an increase in outflows across global exchanges, with users taking out a net $3.7 billion worth of Bitcoin and $2.5 billion of Ether last week. Speaking on a live Ask Me Anything session today on Twitter, Binance's CEO Changpeng Zhao said his exchange has only seen a slight uptick in withdrawals and is operating normally despite a drop in digital asset prices after FTX's sudden collapse. CZ added that this was in line with typical activity during periods of declines in crypto markets. Earlier today, Crypto.com CEO Chris Marzalek tried to downplay concerns of an FTX-like liquidity crunch, saying that his firm had a, quote, tremendously strong balance sheet. In another Ask Me Anything session on YouTube, the CEO said Crypto.com never engages in any irresponsible lending practices and never took any third-party risks. The comments come after the revelation on Sunday that his company mistakenly sent $400 million worth of Ether to another crypto exchange, Gate.io, last month. All right, let's talk about some of the top stories. First, Alameda Research, the trading firm founded by Sam Bankman-Fried, quietly used FTX's customer funds in a way that went unnoticed by investors, employees, and auditors. A source telling CNBC that Alameda was able to use billions of dollars from FTX users without their knowledge and leverage the exchange's native token as collateral. The source added that many employees and outside auditors had no idea FTX didn't have enough money to match its customers' withdrawals. Three sources familiar with the company told CNBC that only a small group knew about the potential misuse of customer deposits. Meanwhile, some FTX users appear to be cashing out of the bankrupt crypto exchange through a Bahamas loophole. Analysis by blockchain analytics company Argus found unusual trading patterns that suggest, quote, desperate customers are relying on FTX users in the Bahamas to withdraw their money. Some have apparently been buying NFTs that seem to be owned by Bahamian FTX users at inflated prices. In fact, a digital collectible that traded for $9 three weeks ago sold for $10 million. The CEO of Argus says this, quote, NFT activity is highly irregular at a macro level when the NFT market overall is declining, both in value and in volume, and in this specific case when there is limited trading on other FTX markets. Next, the new FTX CEO, John Ray, says the crypto exchange is removing trading and withdrawals, as well as taking other steps following a $477 million suspected hack. A statement tweeted by FTX's general counsel, Ryan Miller, says the bankrupt exchange is, quote, in the process of removing trading and withdrawal functionality and is moving as many digital assets as can be identified to a new cold wallet custodian. The announcement comes as FTX investigates what it calls unauthorized transactions that began within hours of the company filing for bankruptcy protection in the U.S. According to blockchain analytics firm Elliptic, the suspected hack was announced by an admin in FTX's Telegram channel and was followed by a tweet from Miller, who indicated that the wallet movements were not normal. Elliptic found that $663 million in different tokens were drained from FTX's crypto wallets. Of that figure, $477 million was believed to have been stolen in the suspected hack, while the rest was likely moved into secure storage by FTX.
Last, the Binance CEO says his crypto exchange plans to launch a fund to help crypto projects facing a liquidity crisis as FTX's collapse reverberates throughout the industry. In a tweet today, CZ wrote that the recovery fund will help reduce further cascading negative effects of FTX to help projects that are otherwise strong but in a liquidity crisis. Earlier today, CZ called for new but stable and clear regulations for the industry. Over the weekend, the CEO tweeted the Binance stopped accepting deposits of FTX FTX's FTT tokens on its platform. On Monday, CZ noted that Binance never shorted FTT. All right, on to our main story. Crypto World's Jordan Smith spoke with Aaron Kaplan, the founder and co-CEO of Prometheum, about how regulation of the crypto industry could evolve in the wake of FTX's collapse. Can you walk me through a little bit about what happened from the start of November when FTX was considered, you know, the darling of the industry, SBF was considered the white knight of crypto? What led to this collapse that we saw last week? Overconfidence on all fronts led to the, to the debacle that happened last week. Whether it's first uh, people uh, in the investment, political or media, wanting to anoint uh, SBF as the next JP Morgan. You know, JP Morgan established himself over the course of decades or, you know, almost generations. And what we want to do these days is for some reason to deify people um, you know, you can make money by taking advantage of the arbitrage between uh, Bitcoin prices in different jurisdictions. That's different from being an operator who's experienced, who understands, you know, the plethora of considerations that go into running a market for digital assets that go in for to properly uh, custodying and protecting your customer funds and assets. And what we saw uh, in regards to FDX is that and in, in relation to Alameda, is that when things went sideways, uh, there was a lack of institutional controls. There was too close of a relationship between the companies such that it allowed, in theory, if the, if, if the rumors are right, uh, SBF to potentially pilfer his customer funds and assets at FTX to protect himself uh, from the downtime he was experiencing at Alameda. If there had been proper institutional controls in place, if there had been regulation and there had been proper oversight, this would not have happened. Which guidelines or regulations seem most pertinent or most likely to be needed right now in the wake of all of this drama? The best way to mitigate this kind of issue from happening in the future is to apply